I'm Chud X. And I'm Lanny. And this is the world as it is today. Here we are again, and it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've uh, we haven't had a, a normal episode in in a couple weeks. Yeah, it's like we haven't even talked to each other in a couple weeks. Yeah, because it's it's since this. Because I stay on the north side of the house, and you stay on this. Oh, never mind. Since yeah, well, basically, since the podcast got so popular and we have so many listeners oh, now, we fucking blew up. I've decided I'm not going to speak to you unless we're recording. Yeah, because <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's worth anything anymore. So. It's been silent in the house. So. Yeah, a lot of silence, especially with the baby. <laughs> like angry, <laughs> angry silence. Yeah, he's probably not going to learn how to speak normally because yeah. of this time of just being deprived of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, that's all false. <laughs> we talk all the time, but we haven't sat down, just the two of us, without the kids in, what, like two weeks? Yeah, besides when we got to hang out with Andy and Kate of the Deep Healing Podcast. Yeah, but and, I, I uh, guess that's... Other than that, we haven't sat down, yeah, just that, the That's what us. I mean, though, is, you know, like, well, that happened, but uh, it's not just the two of us. I mean, that was great. That felt like um, going out with other adults. Yeah, it was a double date, <laughs> which I don't know that I've ever done before, and I've never wanted to do, so it was better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I've never wanted to do that. I still don't really want to do that. <laughs> But I want to do what we did, yeah. where we sit in our own basement and. Oh, and then talk. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you know what? It was cool about it, as far as like compared to a double date. It's usually the double date is your spouse is friends with the person, or you are, and then their significant other is not necessarily someone either of you would want to hang out with. Right. So I, I many times in our relationship, we end up liking one of the, the part of the partners, you know, yeah, and not yeah. both of them. So it's always really nice when you actually find a couple where you like like both of them. Mm-hmm. Like both of us like both of them, right? Well, I I don't want to get too personal uh, of of who they are or anything, but you have one friend who's like a longtime best friend uh-huh. whose husband Yeah, they're married. Yeah, um uh I got along with him really well. Yeah. For some time. Yeah. I mean, not that we hung out often. We weren't like buds but we got along pretty good every time that we were you know we were the two guys in the room the kids would all be hanging out and you two you would be catching up with your old friend and i'd sit with him and it turned out that we had some things in common you know enough that we could hold a conversation that was pretty decent until what would it be march of 2020 Ugh. when i haven't seen his face since then and the yeah. guy's just like super fucking afraid of covid and that's and one of those things where it's just really surprising that that happened that way like especially because she's cool yeah yeah and and i just don't i don't get it yeah it's really really weird to actually have seen some of the people that i thought wouldn't have bought into that just like go full on yeah uh, it's it's been well just like you know we say it all the time up is down black is white they flip everything on its head and i feel like when I say they, I usually am talking about the the deep state or you know something to that effect. But in this case, they flipped it on their on on their heads with just regular folk folks, yeah. folks that we thought were awake went yeah. right to sleep. It's it's true. And then this phenomenon of people like that are awake enough to see that they're asleep and decide that they want to stay sleeping. Yeah. You know, I, I had that conversation today with my own mother. And she directly told mm-hmm. me that she wants to, you know, she didn't say sleep. We weren't using that term because I thought it would offend her. So I was trying to not use that term, even though 
I felt that was like the best way to describe what we were talking about. But she's like, I know that these things happen, but it's so overwhelming to me because I don't have control over them. So I, I want to choose to not think about them. Yeah. And I'm, and to not, and to not go against the grain or not to think too hard. It's so hard for me or you or like-minded individuals who, who hear people say things like that. Cause I'm, I don't know if I got the full story, but I kind of got the, the quick rundown while the kids and dogs were running around and stuff. But was it that she said that she doesn't like it when our son reminds her that everything is surveilling? Yeah. Yeah. I think that our eight year old sometimes tells her, well, come on, grandma, don't say that. Cause your remote control is listening to you. And yeah. I, it, be, it came up cause I'm sitting in her living room and as I'm talking, every time I talked, this blue microphone symbol on her television's remote control would light up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, do you see that that's happening? It's like lighting up as I'm talking. It's like, it's like listening. And I put her remote under a pillow and then she like, couldn't stop thinking about it because she was worried I would leave and she would forget that I put it under the pillow. Uh (laughs) So she was like obsessing with that. It was there. She's, she's, uh, she's continuing to manifest her, uh, her dementia, her pre dementia. Yeah, She's so certain she's going to have dementia. I I I tell you, I'm, you know, like I don't mean to talk smack on yo mama uh, on the on the public forum of a podcast, uh, but I I really think she manifests that stuff. It's not going to surprise me if she's if she gets dementia even sooner than later because for as long as I've known her, she has she has told me about what she will do when she. When, when she, she loses her mind. And it's interesting because the reason she thinks that way is because she's worked in that industry for most of her adult life. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a stay at home mom for a while and then went, but when she went back to work, she went, and I think she had previously to me being alive, worked in a nursing home. And then she ended up being the administrator of the nursing home. So yeah. after time in the kitchen and, and hand, more hands-on stuff. And now she's working for the state, volunteering to go and, and, I guess, surveil (laughs) nursing homes and then tattle on them if they do something bad. Now that's probably the wrong way of saying it, I'm sure. But it's making her, it's, she, she feels like it's good and it feels good for her. And uh, I'm I'm not trying to be mean. If I, if I'm correct, um, ombudsman, ombudsman is her position or whatever. And it's that it, to really simplify, it would be, she checks on nursing homes to make sure that the employees are in check that, yeah, that they're following state protocol. And then if there is a problem with a resident that the family has filed a complaint with the state, she basically goes and investigates that and speaks with the family and helps them work through things. Sometimes that's just her being the middle person between the family and the facility to help them communicate in a way that they both understand and come to a resolution. Yeah. And that's the way she's approaching it. And she's very good at that kind of stuff. I used to call her the elderly whisperer because Uh, she was like so good (laughs) at talking to old folks and, you know, redirecting people that did have dementia and Alzheimer's. But I think with her in that setting, she had just seen all the indicators of, you know, what they say causes you to get dementia or Alzheimer's. And she's kind of, checked those boxes for herself and kind of said that that's, that's what her destiny is. And yeah. Interesting that you said that she manifests that. Cause I, there was something that came up that I haven't told you about that 
So our eight-year-old and I were talking about that uh, idea of manifestation last week. He had some toy Lego sets that were all separated and he couldn't find them and he was being oh, yeah. really negative about it. Mm -hmm. And I said, let's manifest it. Let's imagine, you can either imagine finding them or you can imagine them all put back together. But just picture something happy and try to hold that thought in your mind. And we're going to just dump out all your different boxes that could have Legos in them and grab stuff that looks like they might be parts and then try to put them together. Mm -hmm. And so we did that and he kept finding pieces and he was like, mom, this is working. And he was stoked on it to so much so that a few different times during the day, he started to get pissy about something and then said, I'm going to manifest that. Oh, geez. And then he went through with something and then it was turned out really good. So you it told like, me about that. That's, uh, that's it, a proud father moment. <laughs> it was really amazing because he was, seeing at that age the power of positive thinking yeah no matter what you call it if you call it prayer if you call it med uh, mindfulness oh. ma manifestation whatever you call sure, it sure um he was seeing positive thinking and has is good right and when i was that age or especially a teenager i had no, i did not people oh have a good attitude and it, to me it always seemed like it was something to do so other people felt better you know what I mean? Like I needed to have a good attitude so I wasn't annoying other people. Not because it would be any benefit to me. So I think right. him seeing that there was that direct benefit to him. You was... know, that's, that's interesting as you say that, you know, like I think of bad brains. I got my PMA, um, the positive, positive mental, mental attitude. attitude. And like, I, I don't know, that's only ever been in my thought applied to the people around you. Like you got to have a, a PMA you know, go to the show, go to a, uh, a show, but have a PMA, you know, like you don't want to, you don't want to bring the people around you down, Yeah. you know, but the real, really that positive mental attitude, like that's the same concept as, as manifestation, which we talk about all the time now, yeah. you know, uh, we even say positive intent, uh, things like that. Like, yeah. um, and that's all, yeah. Having a positive mental attitude. If you, if you wake up in the morning and go, about your day, assuming that the chair is going to break when you sit down on it and the, you know, the window's going to break when you tap on it, you know, I don't know, just whatever. <laughs> if you just assume that everything's going to go wrong, even if those specific things don't go wrong, you're going to have a bad day. Right. Well, and then you're going to focus on everything bad and you're going to miss out on everything that good that happens. You just don't notice it right. when you're in that space. So yeah, it definitely is. If you think of it in a selfish way or like an objectivist or whatever, then yeah, it's, it benefits you. And by benefiting you, it benefits the people around you. And that's why that stuff works out. So manifestation, our eight year old, right? He's very aware of it. And then he goes to grandma's house for a sleepover for the first time in a few weeks. Cause she's back from Florida. So she texts me and she, to tell me that he said something about that she needed to manifest that. And I was like, oh, here she goes. She's She wants to pick at me or criticize me for teaching him manifestation woo, woo, woo. or like, what does she think that means? It's all woo, woo. Does she think that is some kind of a cultist witch coven oh, situation? Sure. Like, I'm not sure. And I'm like imagining what my mom could be thinking, you know, what are, what are you manifesting? Right I know now? that's what I was going to say. I shouldn't <laughs> be manifesting that my mom's being mean. So I just stepped back from it for a second and I, I started to write to her. He's, we've been working on ha him having a positive mental attitude. And it's, it's kind of similar to prayer is what I was texting. 
And she, before I could send that, she responds to it and she said, and I told him that I call that prayer. Perfect. <laughs> and I was like, great. This hey, is exactly. It's it's the same thing. I, I, you know? I, I know her well enough to know there's a little bit of spin on that. That's a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of uh, like... Well, I know I that what you're talking about is woo-woo, but I believe in prayer, you know. Um, <laughs> a little bit of that. But but, but really, great. Yeah. Great. So that's great, right? Well, then when I saw her today, she gave me even more context to this, which was that she, that morning before our son had said that to her, my aunt and cousin and her apparently shared like a prayer of the day every morning. I don't right. know why I'm not included in this. Huh. <laughs> it's probably because i don't have a smartphone to send the, sure. the meme Could be that prayer simple. meme to could be but they hate you but you know whatever. it's also because yeah. they hate me and I'm saying this. <laughs> but really um so so she she says that that in this this like prayer or whatever that morning it said something about manifestation and she texted back i don't know what that is so like i guess my aunt and my cousin and them had a conversation about what manifestation is and oh, that's like prayer. And my mom hadn't been aware of that concept or that name really yeah. prior to that morning. And then our eight-year-old brings that up to her later that afternoon. So, and he didn't hear the prayer and thing. And he didn't hear the prayer thing from her. So it was like this synchronicity. Hey, well, you know, that's the kind of thing that can chip away. Uh, I mean, that is a positive thing. I know chipping away doesn't necessarily sound great, but uh, chipping away at the at the the concepts of what the way your mom views things and the way she views us, you know, she thinks, I think she often thinks what we talk about is, as I keep saying, woo woo, um, that we're, you know, we're not, we're not Catholic. Therefore, everything that we say is a little satanic that, that she doesn't, she can't, it's, I don't think she can imagine that I'm a spiritual person. Right. Even though you might directly say that she's before she, you even, those words are out of your mouth. She's rolling her eyes and being like, no, I'm the spiritual one. I've gone to Catholic church 52 times in my life. And then it's a lot more than that. And then when she said, you know, it's like, are you don't count on the rosary or you don't say your Hail Marys or you don't, but, but you wait, know, has she been to church a lot? Well, yes. Until, until I was a kid. Oh, okay. Okay. So my mom went to Catholic went school to, okay, and okay. my, they would go to church religiously. <laughs> <laughs> religiously. Oh, no way. That's where that term comes from. Huh? Yeah. Right. Duh. And then my grandma taught the RCIA, which is like, I can't remember what it stands for, but it's like when you become a Catholic person, right. if you want to join the church and you've been baptized in another church, you have to go through this program. I knew your grandma was very involved with Catholic, Catholic stuff, but I kind of thought your mom hadn't been since she was 15 or no, I, I think we would go for Christmas and Easter and, at least. And then, you know, I was baptized promptly after I was born to wash away that original sin I was born with. Mm -hmm. And then my, my brother though, they slacked on and he wasn't baptized till he was almost two, I think. And that was a big taboo in her family. Mm -hmm. Um, like it, the baptism is like the baby wears, like it looks like a wedding dress. Yeah. I think I have that in a box. She gave it to me. I, I think you do. I think I've seen it. it. It's I really think strange. I've seen it. Um, but yeah, so I guess, I guess I got to wear a traditional wedding dress one time in my life, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, so, um, where, where was I? I lost my thread. Yeah. All over the place. Catholics are weird. Catholics um, are weird. Your uh, there's mom been a lot is of a pressure. nice person with a lot of, um, uh, yeah, she's got interesting, some hangups. interesting quirks. Yeah. Hang and she's, she's pretty, you know, I think that anybody met her separate from me would have a better time, but she's sure. just really, really critical of me. 
and I am of her. Yeah, it's notable. I get along with your mom a lot better than you do. Especially when I'm not in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's just a weird energy that we have. It's really unfortunate. It hasn't gotten any better since 2020. Oh, like God, maybe no. it did at first, actually. I think we yeah. became closer uh, in 2020 because she was so much, oh, it's just like the flu. They're making a big deal out of nothing. And CNN hadn't gotten their hooks I in I really, yet. no, and it really never did. Like she knows it's no big deal. But then when she went and decided to get inoculated <laughs> i don't know what word to use i hate it i hate saying jab when she, when I hate she got her vaccine. v card when she when she just got her badge jab wait <laughs> what what that's not the right see word. it used to be all about like when did you lose your v card now it's when did you get your v card <laughs> how many punches do you have on your v card <laughs> so she's got three punches and you know it's just since then it was like i really there was like this big like loss of respect that I think I'd been building back with her as an adult to just have her to know that something is false and then still just go do that thing. Even though you know that there's so much unknown about it and that it seems sketchy and that there could be side effects that you don't know about and just be like, well, I'm mildly inconvenienced by the idea of that. I want to go to Florida eventually. And I just, I don't have plans to go yet or a ticket, but I think they might be like asking people for that. And you know, they're saying they're going to ask you for a passport. So I'm just going to do it. You know, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into her on, on the, on the V card issue, um, on, on whether or not she'd get jabbed. Um, before she did. And when she did, I, you know, it did not surprise me one bit just because she's, she's like, she's normal. She's, you know, I say all the time, the normies, you know, it's hard to talk about this or that with a normie or, you know, whatever. Uh, she's very much a normie. Yeah. She's very normal. And, um, you know, I, I just, I knew as soon as, uh, as soon as Donald Trump rolled out the vaccine and we had operation warp speed, and despite some liberals being against it at the time, I, I knew, well, I mean, I knew even in March or even February of 2020 that this would all move towards vaccinations and that it would be socially unacceptable to not do it. And I mean, realistically, I mean, I didn't, again, I didn't think about, about your mom specifically at all with this, but the group of people in which I would lump her of like, everyone yeah. uh, of the normies, I knew that she would like it, 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 it would have been more surprising. It would have been beautiful to me if she had not done it. You know what oh, I mean? No. But, I think it was cause I was pregnant and she was so supportive during that time. Sure. And then she was so looking forward to being an, a grandma again. <laughs> and then he was born and like, it was, we were connected differently. I, I, I felt like our relationship was improving. And then there was this time where I really passionately gave my case of why not to do it. And she listened really well. I remember that. And she sat with me and it was like, I care about you so much. So I don't want you to do this because there's just so much unknown, like at least wait, even if you don't believe the things I'm saying, at least wait yeah. and think about all these other times, you know, and I, she was pretty cool with that at that time. I talked about so much I talked about Tuskegee cause she really yeah. r- relates to like, she loved Motown when she was a kid. And I always joke that she wanted to be a black person <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, so she, she like, really, she may not have wanted to be a black person, but she wanted, she wanted a black person. <laughs> I think both BBC. 
Gross. I think that's what that's uh, gross. I think that's what they call it. So gross. In the industry. I'm editing this out afterwards. <laughs> You're a horrible person. But she she definitely like relates to that culture and like would I know that it would bug her to think that our government was doing something to to minorities, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. it did, like, she it resonated with her how horrible that was. And then we talked about, you know, things that have happened in other countries and things that have happened during war that have been, you know, questionable. And it really felt like we connected. And I found out later that she already had a fucking appointment for her shot during that conversation. During that conversation. Uh, and she didn't tell me. She just said, and then a different day, it was like, I have this appointment. She, she had already told me she had. And then when I found out another week later that, that she had gone to do that. That's right. I, I kind of forgot some of those details. Uh, so it was kind of like. Didn't, didn't she, she canceled something or something like, she, she said, I can't be there that day at that time. Cause well, I have she, an appointment. She had our kid and she dropped him off really early where usually he stays, you know, More if he later. has a sleepover, he stays to like one. She dropped him off at like 10. And then she left right away. Usually she'll stay. And she, but she didn't tell you, right? I no, remember kind she of didn't tell at, me. She when, said she had an I appointment. Heard, I was like, oh, there's something like almost uh, facetious going on there. Like, you know, like if she's going to do it, she's, that's, you know, it's not fine. But it's, if so, you know, I'm not going to hold anyone down. Just as no one should be held down to get the job. No, no one exactly. Should be held down she should be able to. to do what she wants to, but she totally like, I don't like didn't tell me because she knew I would be upset about it or yeah. that I would try to talk her out of it or whatever she That's thought. Sneaking around. Thing. And that really made me feel shitty, especially because I'm pretty sure she already had that appointment when we had that I had that heart to heart conversation with her about it. Yeah. And then that made they made me think like the only reason why she was being polite and listening is because she already had her shit figured out. She knew what she was gonna do. And she was just trying to make me feel better or something. And that made me feel super dirty. Like I wanted to take a shower, you know, like I open up and I pour out and I like tell you my feelings and it's like not easy to do. And you're like accepting it in this way that then feels really false because you already had a plan that you weren't telling me about you know mm-hmm. we could have still had the conversation if she wouldn't have gotten defensive like she didn't which is why that conversation could happen mm-hmm. uh, but if she would have told me what she was doing and what her plans were you know maybe we could have still had the same conversation but then it wouldn't have felt like skeevy afterwards like that i'd been lied to there and like go. it was just gross i felt slimy and that's a bummer because then that's like a, a loss of trust, you know, yet, yet again. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's so, it's, it's been hard for a lot of people these last couple years. And that's, you know, that's three times that she's not told me she had an appointment, that she just had an appointment. And then all of a sudden she's had the second one and then the booster. And then, you know, like. Maybe, she's, she's tripled. She had a booster. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And so did my dad. And he didn't even tell her that he was doing it. And I'm like, he should not do that. Since, uh, since we're talking about family, can yeah. we, could we talk about your dad a little? Yeah. Is that too, I don't want to put you into awkward of a position. Yeah. But we're, uh, I mean, what we're talking about is because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's obviously heavy on our minds. Um, yeah. Do you want me to say, or do you want to? Well, like four, four days ago, five days ago, my dad was having chest pains, mm-hmm. which has happened before. And he went to the hospital. It's happened a lot of times before, right? Like yeah. four or five times. At least five times. At least five times. Over like the last that he's 15 had years. Chest pains yeah. to the point where he is 
taken himself to the hospital. Well, so like I should preface it by he is a weirdo like who thinks that you just go to the hospital. He's he, a weirdo who has checked himself out of the hospital with a broken neck. And by checking himself out, he I mean, left out of a window running out of a window because he didn't think he needed to be in a hospital despite being diagnosed with a broken neck. So that's weird. In Australia. In Australia. So yeah. yeah, he went on a race car tour in Australia. And when he was on his way, maybe to his hotel from the airport, the taxi cab got in a really bad car accident and he was brought I think he was unconscious when he was brought to the hospital, but he had all these, this like press tour that was start like starting, like people, people were waiting for him and he was, he was touring. He was there to tour Australia with his race cars. All of this is the description of an absolute total fucking badass. By the way. <laughs> so he, he I, I might've just married you to, to be closer to your dad. <laughs> That's creepy. Um, he <laughs> totally escaped from the hospital and went on a, a tour and, and raced race cars for the next, whatever, four months, six yeah. months. He was gone for a really long time. That's why there's so many. You know, that's why you have so many Australian brothers and sisters out there that you don't <laughs> know about. So so sad. Because again, like I just said, total badass. <laughs> yeah, badasses okay. cheat on their wives badass in other countries. Who d- has no respect for marriage. <laughs> no, he's a selfish, selfish person. Cool. I love him very much, but he definitely he's like a lone wolf that chose to have a family and and never left us, which is which is. Awesome kind of, kind of and bright. weird. It's pretty honestly bright. pretty weird. And he is a badass. Like, I mean, as far as like um, strength, yeah. as, like physical strength and, um, you know, get it the fuck done he's attitude. Tough. And he's the reason I like that agorism rings so true to me. Because well, he's because a, that's how I was raised. My dad was raised by an absolute total agorist. He has no idea what that means, but he is a wheeler and dealer. He does things. In uh, fact, he you would know. probably call me a fag. I use that word. He'd be like, I hate your big fucking words. <laughs> you got all those smart people words, but yeah, no, he just gets things done and you know, he skips getting, um, getting the, the, uh, proper licensing or, or permits. And he just does things, you know, fishing and hunting. And uh, I mean, he's just done a lot of cool stuff in his lifetime, but yes, over the last 15 years, probably five different times he's had chest pains to the point of being scared. And I know his dad died of a heart attack when he was pretty young. He was, my mom was pregnant with me when he died. So I never met my grandpa and he, I think was only, maybe he, he was 70. 72 maybe mm-hmm. when he died. So I think that's always been kind of on my dad's. He doesn't deal with that. He didn't deal with death. He didn't go to the funeral. He wouldn't, he doesn't yeah. talk about that stuff when it happens. He hasn't um, been to a funeral since I've known him. No, he's skipped every, every one that we've had to face. Yeah. Yes. And he has big feelings about it too. It's not that he doesn't have feelings about it. It's like, if you try to talk to it, if, like if he cries, it's like, it's a, an eruption. It's like a volcano. It's uh again, to like, I, I don't necessarily think he was cheating on, on your, your mom while he was I there. Do, I really do think that your dad is a badass. And part of that is because I've cried with your dad as tough and as badass as he is. Uh, we have totally like emoted all over each other in, in, you know, really, when? really close way. I didn't, did I know that? Yeah. What was that from? I don't know. Like when, when I told him, when I asked him, if I could take your hand in marriage, uh, that was one. 
No, you told him after I you proposed, him. and he said, "Aren't you supposed to ask uh, me I, first? Yeah. And then he started crying. I, no, I did. I, I said, <laughs> I said that I wanted to ask, and then I told him that I already did, and then he got, they acted like he was mad at me for not asking him first <laughs> while like the two of us were crying and um Aww. yeah there's been a couple other times but it's um but yeah yeah it, so he he's he's a big feeling dude but he stuffs it and then he's always wheeling and dealing some something and sometimes it kind of catches up with him in this like he's got chest pains he goes to the hospital they check him out they do a stress test. They got the EKG. He stays a couple of days for monitoring and they say, man, you got a great ticker and you have like no problems at all. Do you think it could be anxiety? Oh, hell no. Like, Arr. So basically I've always thought my dad has pretty like severe and acute anxiety attacks occasionally. And it's probably brought on by something we don't even know about. He probably owns like 50 more properties that we don't know about or like has some kind of secret family that's given him a hard time or when like, slash if your dad ever passes away, <laughs> we're going to find out a lot. It's going <laughs> to be years of dealing with this fucking shit and having some random dude with no teeth show up and be like, he owes me money. <laughs> yeah. So yes. So this time, the four or five days ago, he says he has chest pains. My mom takes his blood pressure. It was elevated. Then it came back down. So she was having him rest. She leaves to go to the store. And then he has one of his lackey, worker people that help him with house repairs take him to the hospital so none of us know he's going she gets back she gets a text from him they admitted him to check his heart mm -hmm. same thing as the, every other time everything's fine the ekg looks good and then like he's just waiting and waiting and waiting for these tests and it's like the third day and i'm like telling i keep telling him on the phone i was like don't take any more covid tests if they say you have COVID, don't let them give you anything. Like, I'm just trying to say the hospital is not a place to get better. Right. You need to come home. It's not safe there. You're, you're telling him what you and I and our, our close friends all know is like essentially common knowledge now or common sense now. Common sense. Don't take remdesivir. Don't. Rim death is near. Yeah. So don't, don't like let them say you have COVID. Don't let them, you know, don't do anything. Don't just say no. Yeah. And it's like, he's like, ah, you know, you always say everything's wrong and everyone's lying. No one believes me. It's like, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, two days ago, he starts texting my mom to like find a key in one of his work vans. And like, it's really important, but he won't, I was there with my mom when this happened. Okay. I didn't tell you about this. Yeah, I have, I have no idea what's coming next. So she won't. He won't call her though, and she. He won't answer the phone. He's right. only doing this through text, and he wants to find a key. And I'm thinking. And nobody knows what this key's to. No, and okay. I still don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I found the Dang, key to the I was van. Really there'd be some. I'm so. It's so exciting that I was able to identify the Ford key immediately and tell her which key was to the van outside because I know car keys. Oh, you know car keys from my 13 years of auto body experience. <laughs> So I was easily able to find the key to the van, which then allowed her to look inside the van for another key to set it in a certain place or whatever. But he was only doing that through text and he wouldn't answer the phone and he said he couldn't talk right now. And previously he would answer his cell phone in the hospital, no problem. And that made me really suspicious. Something's wrong. He wants us to know where some key is for some reason, like something's, something's wrong. 
Then later that night, I'm talking to my mom on the phone. And I was like, just go get him. Like, f- figure out if they're, they have visitors. Like, have you even asked if they have visitors? You've, we've just assumed you can't have visitors, right? This okay. whole time. And she, so she hadn't been to see him. I was like, just go check him out in the morning. Like, if he's still waiting for a test, schedule the fucking test and take him back for that test. He's It's thousands of dollars a day he's, to be hanging out in there. uninsured or virtually No, uninsured. he's got, like, Medicaid or whatever, whatever the old people the one old is. But And they also have a supplemental insurance that covers the shit that Medicaid won't pay. Yeah. So that's, that's really good. Because if they didn't, this would, you know, you just could put, you know, they're, they're, they have a modest savings it's they're not rich people that could really take somebody out doing this so she calls later and apparently he had been diagnosed with having a fucking heart attack because he they did an exploratory um like they went into his vein and up into like look into the arteries in his heart or something with a camera and found blockages and then inserted stints and he knew he was going in for that test, but he didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. And so when he wanted her to find that key, it's because he thought he was going to die. And like he wouldn't answer the phone because then he would have cried if he would have talked to us, yeah. you know, like or like, given it away or whatever. So it's just whole, this whole like weird, I don't know, everybody holding back from each other and like, uh, and then, and then I'm like, oh, cholesterol, stints, like heart attack. Imaging, all these trigger words for me as a conspiracy theorist or a conspiracy realist, like just knowing that there, there's all of this information that he's getting is so flawed. There's so many spaces for there to be misunderstandings and mistakes. And when I, when I learned about health and food and everything, when I was going through my journey in that, realizing that the cholesterol uh, hypothesis is a myth. There is no relation to cholesterol and, and heart attack. And if there is, it's not about eating fat and salt. It's about eating fucking poison seed oils, industrial seed oils, animal fat, butter, uh, avocados, coconuts, nuts, all of that stuff doesn't affect your heart at all. Whereas like McDonald's hydrogenated, hydrogenated soybean oil, corn oil, any kind of vegetable oil makes you sick. What if it's only partially hydrogenated? I don't know. I think that's good. I think that's okay. (laughs) But, um, Uh. you know, like I, so I know all that's fucked and the, the, the dietary advice that that he's leaving with from them is, is confusing and it's fucked. It's like something he couldn't follow, which will make him halfway follow it and like not eat what is satisfying and good for like, at least if you're only going to like live for 20 more years, max when you're his age, you know, 20, 30 years, like put you into close to a hundred, eat the, eat whatever the fuck you want at that point. Mm -hmm. Like stop pretending like, I don't know. Well, the crazy thing is, uh, I'm just going to say this brief because I don't want to, get too hung up on on the diet aspect but the crazy thing is is what they do is they say x y and z are poison or well they don't say poison they say they're bad for you so you need to take a b and c instead and a b and c are sugar substitutes they're um they're they're sugar replacing fat they're i don't know it's like yeah, and oftentimes it's, it's to replace your fats with carbohydrates, replace, with complex carbohydrates, cereal and shit like that. Replace fat and salt with poison. Yes. Is what it, what is it what we fucking see comes down to. Poison. And that's really hard 
when anyone does uh, follows that advice. When we hear people following that advice, it's always very hard. But um, can I can I point something out? I'm sure, I'm sure you've thought of this, um, but. Um, so like at the as you were starting to talk about your dad, I was pointing out that he had been to the hospital under pretty close to identical circumstances multiple times. Mm-hmm. I always leave saying it's probably anxiety because everything checks out good. More more than good. He's from my understanding of things, which I don't look at the records. I'm not. You're, you know, maybe your mom knows more, but from the way. Of course, you know, and it's him being a badass to tell me these kinds of things. But he says that his horse, his horse, his heart was healthy as a horse. Um, he he says that he's scoring off the charts for how good his heart is, and he would say, "I feel like that's wrong because I couldn't breathe and my chest was tight, but I apparently I'm I've got a really good heart." Now that. That's again multiple times, and and what what the conclusion that like you and me come to, and he doesn't believe it, but it it's always been well. You were having an anxiety attack because you have fucking forty thousand irons in the fire at any point in time, and sometimes a few of those start to crumble, and it makes your whole fucking world crumble around you because you're crazy. Uh, it can I mean, just in a good, get to be too much. Sort you just go, 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 and it can get he, to be too yeah. much. The guy's a race car driver. He's constantly racing, speeding, going, go, 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 go. And when things start to fall, they fall fast. They fall fast. And then he has these anxiety attacks. This is my previous analysis of this, yeah. right? But he, he has an anxiety attack. He says, I'm not a fucking pussy. I don't have anxiety attacks. I'm having a heart attack, damn it. Mm-hmm. And the doctors examine him, and they go, no, you're not, dude. You're better than that. You're, you're, you're better than, than someone who could have a heart attack. You've got a super healthy heart. So when I hear that this happened again for the fifth or sixth time, for one thing, everything could be different because the guy's triple jabbed, right? Yes. You said, yeah, yeah, triple jabbed. So right there, I'm looking at things totally different. Yes, it felt different this time because of that. So, so maybe I'm way off the mark here. Maybe he really did have a heart attack. But I would think that it's it's interesting to say that he went in. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say five times before. Um, he went in five times before. He's told that he's healthy. He goes in again. He's there for a good 24 hours or so before they do an exploratory. No, he was there for almost three days. Before, before yeah, they before did that. they did the okay. exploratory. So he's there for multiple days with all the some these machines still saying he's there's nothing wrong with him, possibly even saying that he's extra healthy. Sure, possibly or at least that he's not dying, mm-hmm. right? But he's saying, but I'm tight in the chest and I'm I'm. No, he said he didn't even have symptoms anymore by the time he was there. Okay, so, so he was there. He feels better. But it did have it previously had hurt, so they're just keeping him to monitor. Just him. just observation kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And so then after uh, three days of that, they do an exploratory surgery where they go in through his arm and look with a camera at his heart, and they say, "Oh shit, we need to do fucking surgery immediately because you had a massive heart attack." No, they didn't say massive. Oh. They see blockages in two veins or arteries. I'm not sure the terminology. Okay. I saw the pictures of them. Okay. And I think what would happen is he had to be under for this camera to go in. 
And they would, at that time, without telling him, then install two stints for right. in those places where there were blockages. And then when he wakes up, say, okay, now your official diagnosis is a heart attack because we found these two right. blockages and you said you had those symptoms. Okay. So, so he, I, even, I said, I said the words I said, because your mom said what you just said, that they diagnosed him as having had a heart attack. Yes. And then, uh, our precious eight year old son told me that, uh, it was a, a, what did he call it? Like a, a super heart attack or something oh. like that. So <laughs> I, I thought that, no, I thought that cause I hear the term massive heart attack from time to time. Yeah, no, they didn't say massive heart attack. Okay. So he was just adding that in yeah. on his own. Yeah. I, I thought that was the, me getting a fact told wrong. No. By and an so really child. to me, it just sounds like, so then I say, well, what if you were a marathon runner that ate a vegan diet and you were as healthy as you possibly could be? And you just decided for fun, like you knew some doctors. But they're vegans. I know, so, so they're probably really <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I um, love my vegans. <laughs> so anyway, you, you were as healthy as you could be in the prime of your life, 25 years old, and you just decided for fun you were going to get this vein camera thing happening just to check out all your arteries. So how many people do you think in, have ever done that? And my, I asked my dad that, and he said, none, that would be unethical to, to put a camera into a healthy person and, and just to experiment on. I was like, yeah, but what if everyone's arteries, veins, or whatever look like that sometimes? Yeah. What if, what if they always do? And what if healthy people do, and it doesn't give them a symptoms? All I'm saying is, what if the test that you're seeing, the results of the test and the symptoms don't actually match up? You know what I mean? There's a lot of questions here, and people don't want you to ask those questions. It makes them upset. My dad didn't get upset with me, but you know, it's upsetting. So anyway, what I'm getting at is I had seen some documentary a while ago. I wish I could remember the name, but I was digging into the cholesterol myth and there's statins is the name of the drug. A statin yeah. is what they give you for your cholesterol. Right. And that, that's a fucking horrible thing. Okay. Like if you look at the statistics for those people who take statins are like, I don't know, way higher uh, to have a heart attack. Then people who don't, you'd say, well, yeah, because they give them to people who have heart problems. Well, yeah. And I'm like, well, uh -huh. yeah. Uh -huh. But even if people have unchecked cholesterol problems, they're less likely to have a heart attack than if you're on the statin. Yeah. So, uh, and then also it's really controversial to say that cholesterol doesn't have any correlation between heart attacks at all. Like there's no correlation between high cholesterol and heart attacks. And then, you know, furthermore, you get into this idea of putting stints in and that being not actually helpful that yeah. causing more problems because Putting a foreign object in your body yes. that you're, uh, uh, a normal at least somewhat healthy body is going to try and reject anything foreign that's inside of it that's what i would think so now we're here to the point where we can't go back from that it's well, like he's got two stints in and i see him and he looks pale and like bad and his arms all bruised from where they put that shit in him and He's just like, he's missing a bunch of extra teeth. It seems like I'm like, did they just take out some more teeth when you were there? Or what? Like, well, I, doesn't I, he have a bunch of fake teeth? No, I don't. I think he lost them or something. Cause I don't see him wearing them anymore. Like he had them drilled in for a while and then we're breaking those off. Yeah. He's, he's a mess. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with what body parts are falling off. Well, but there's one thing I really wanted to mention. Yeah. The previous to this hospital stay, he had decided he was going to get, shoulder surgery oh. and he went in for uh, some testing to before the shoulder surgery uh -huh. this was like two months ago 
Okay. And they said they wouldn't do the surgery because something was reading weird with his heart. Oh, I didn't hear that. Okay. So that was making me go, what the fuck? He's literally had the EKG, the whole workup like five fucking times in the last 10 years. And then now after three shots in one year, he has something fishy looking on the test. So they wouldn't do surgery on him. Mm-hmm. What is that? Mm-hmm. And then, then he goes now and he's got this heart stuff. And I just, I don't know. There's just too many questions. There's no answers. There's nowhere to find answers. There's nowhere to find truth. There's no way to convince family to like just step back a little bit from that system and take a deep breath, start to look elsewhere for answers. Well, what do you do? What do you do instead? Is that, you know, and it's like the answer is, well, I don't know what you do, man, but I don't do that. Yeah. That's all I got. Like they're so far into that. They, my mom even said, I'm just at this age. I'm not, there's not going to be any changing me. And I just, I want to be comfortable and I don't want to be reminded that things out there are scary. So I don't want to think like that. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, I feel it's like a helpless feeling to, to watch people that you love go through stuff like that. And you know, you can't do anything to help them or fix it. And it's unfortunately true. Like I can make, I can make bone. Not to say that people shouldn't try. No, I can make bone broth and bring it over. But then I don't know. You think, I don't know. It just like, where, what do you, where do you focus your energy in this situation? So, I mean, I've, I've not cried and I've felt pretty normal when I'm like home, not, you know, and he's in the hospital or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's, it's bothering me like on a level that's bigger than just the personal level. It's just like this society is so split into this, this, this system of just consuming everything that makes you sick mm-hmm. and believing things that could make you better are evil or bad or would make you sick. Mm -hmm. And then looking to the evil companies that made you sick for your, for your salvation, for your, for, to save you, you know, for the antidote. And, and and they just give you more, give you poison, 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 poison. poison. And then the, then you had too much poison. So we need to give you this other poison you got to balance and, out your poison levels. Oh, crap. We gave you too much or too little of that poison. Now you need some different poison and poison and po- You know, yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, I was when I talked to your mom about it, I, uh, you know, being, being the asshole that I am, <laughs> I'm always trying to break up the, the edifice that people have of their views on on things that are hard to break like that. And so I, you know, I don't know if it was the right tactic or not, but I, I I was saying, wow, that's so interesting. When they did the exploratory surgery, they found that he had a problem. And I asked her, do you think that he had heart attacks the other four or five times that he was in there and that they just did a a piss poor job of diagnosing him, you know, cause I, I don't think he did any of the times. Right. Yeah. Um, necessarily i mean um, who knows I, honestly i don't understand what a heart attack I, no, is no that's what entirely. i want to say like i need to fucking google what is a heart attack it's yeah, something people throw around I, all the time what does that actually mean i think it's an umbrella term it's interesting that she said so specifically to both of us at different times that he was diagnosed of a heart attack because 
I don't know. It's it's it's, it's weird. I've never heard anyone say that. I've always ha- heard everyone's anyone say they had a heart attack or I've had a heart attack. Right. But she said he was diagnosed as having a heart attack. It like wouldn't have surprised me to find out that heart attack's not really a term. It's just one that we use, but really it's like temporary cardiac arrest or, you know, like something to that effect. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was just trying to, I was trying to poison the well of her thinking of the hospital by just being like, yeah, is it possible that for years they have misdiagnosed your husband? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that it, he was always having and, that. Yeah, and then instead, I mean, I wasn't pointing out the financial part, but instead, they uh, charged him thousands of dollars over and over again to tell him that he was just fine. When in reality, they just needed to spend that same amount of money to do a test that would have told them that he had a heart attack, and so now is the time that you need the lifestyle change. Or whatever, yeah. which their lifestyle change would probably be incorrect. It would be uh, just eat Jello and don't exercise as yeah, much. Yeah, well, it was weird because, like he said, they told him it was because of cholesterol, but he said I have really good cholesterol, and they told him that it was because he had bad cholesterols in his thirties and forties, mm-hmm. and so that it just there was already the damage was done. I'm like, that is so fucking bullshit. Fuck. It's like they're just making shit up as they go along so that you'll stop asking them questions and leave. I wonder if he asked them if they know what what cholesterol is. What is cholesterol? And they'd be like, oh, LDL, it's, HDL. It's, what the fuck? It's cholesterol. Why would that? You'd make so anyone a, a in hospitals. A heart attack is, is called a blockage of blood flow to the heart muscle. And it is a medical emergency that is usually occurs when a blood clot blocks the flow to the heart. Oh. So without blood, tissue loses oxygen and dies. Blood clot. So it wasn't a clot, though. They said it was plaque. But what's the but difference between plaque in your blood? Okay, maybe I'm way off, but isn't plaque... Isn't when plaque gets loose... Uh, oh, no, wait, because that's going to the brain. I was going to say for a stroke... Isn't that... Yes, a blood clot can be in different areas. I think it's the stroke is the blood clot to the brain. Oh, okay. I think the so stroke, blood clot or The plot. stroke happens with the blood vessels in your brain. Okay. And the heart attack is the heart. But you can also have like a, a pulmonary embolism, and that's a blood clot in your lung. It's like, it's there's... The, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So, so basically... The story there. In, in both the cases of stroke and... Uh, heart attack they're There's... junk junk that ain't blood straight up that ain't the liquid blood that it should be yeah goes to the wrong is is built up inside or forms inside and get lodged and, right in this region in this region <laughs> right here that's my chris farley impression. uh um okay so uh yeah i mean with like i have a good friend whose mom was just healthy and normal and walking down the street and collapsed and i guess she had a blood clot that was like they said in her leg or something and it traveled to her lung and she lost oxygen until she was brain dead that was our friend in uh yeah great north yeah and she is as far as i know still she's just living off the state in a she's in a bed coma right yeah because they they put her on life support more than five for a long time they wanted to and they didn't want to pull the plug and when they finally did, she didn't die, but she never regained consciousness. It's extremely sad. 
So then she's just, you know, in a bed where somebody has to come and clean her up and change her sheets once in a while, but she's not there anymore. It's really weird and sad. Um, you know, horrible things happen and people get really sick. And I think the, the, that maybe the, the worst tragedy is that the medical system pretends like they understand all of it. Oh, God. Yeah. That, is, and, that's a, that should and be. they try to explain it to people and they, they think they know because they went to school and they spent all that money. That should be understood by a lot more people that they don't understand. That, um, they don't, that they don't know what cholesterol is. <laughs> that they don't that they don't really know that, that a heart attack is kind of just an umbrella term, you know, like it would make sense if, if they were talking about the plaque or the blood clot and what causes those things. And these things being the disease that, you know, does that or whatever. And when I say disease, I mean, dis ease, like yeah. what, what, you know, and even then, they shouldn't even say that they know what that is. They should just say, well, this is why we think that we can make you feel better by that. But, you know, I'm getting I'm almost righteous with that. Um, it's um, I wish that more people had the lack of faith in our medical industry that you and I have. <laughs> is that? Uh, uh, no, I agree. And it just sounds really funny. It, it to sounds like, I wish goofy. more people had a lack of faith. But yes, don't but put that, your faith that, in a place. That, like, that it's collective like, yeah, faith. What? It's a collective faith that everyone has, and it gives it power. And it gives it power that's authority that makes someone as, uh, like your innocent mother, say it's better to be asleep than to be awake because if I'm awake, I realize that everyone is fucking lying to me and no one really knows what's going on. And, and even then it's, and it's I not don't that everyone's really lying. It's that, it's that everyone is every, repeating a lie that they've been told. Yeah. It's, they it's, don't even know it's a lie. There's a lie there for sure somewhere, but it's, it's not that your mom is lying to us when she tells us what the doctor says. No. And it's not and even it's not, that the doctor is and, lying because and it, and it's actually the nurse reading. that tells him. And the nurse is told by the doctor and the doctor's reading something that was, you know, it's, it's, it's such a tangled, fucked up mess. And even like when conventional medicine makes a discovery that would change um, the way they treat something because of new information, it takes years to put those new things into pro- pro- into practice. Mm-hmm. It's like it's you have to you just like when somebody discovers something that would change the way we've looked at ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. And it would date something older than they've said. Mm-hmm. It's like almost impossible because that's pride and ego. And people have already written those books. There's thousands of books that say a different date. How we are we supposed just... to change that now? Yeah. It's just not okay. And people get really mad. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's fucked. And it's like, I know it's fucked. And so I, I, I choose to live outside of that as much as possible. Like, yes, I have a primary care physician. Um, I know where I would go to the doctor if I needed to, if I believed that I needed to see a doctor. The reason why I keep her as my primary care physician is because most of the time when I ask her a question, she says, well, I don't know. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And she always says, like, I could recommend you to a, a specialist, right? But she also listens to me and underst- she knows that I am I very well read and I pay attention to what I'm doing and I'm very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. If I ever have would think I needed 
antibiotics, she would just give them to me. She would prescribe them to me Mm -hmm. because I would be able to explain to her why I thought I needed them. And she would then go, okay. So if I ever felt like I needed, uh, what is it called? Allopathic medicate medicine, like traditional medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, I would just go to her and tell her what I needed and she would give it to me. So if you can find a doctor that's like that, maybe it's not a bad idea because there are certain medications that could be useful during certain times. Um, it's just unfortunate that those things are made so that you can't just go buy them at the store if you wanted them. Sure. Buy, 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 buy or beware, buy at your own risk. Like if you really needed antibiotics, you would know it. You know, you can go, you should just be able to go to the store and get them. Uh, but don't you know? Uh, oh, we, we don't, don't want to have overuse of antibiotics. Yeah, if we oh. don't regulate the shit out of that, or people just take antibiotics all the time, then Are you kidding well, me? Like I, I thought that, um, I was supposed to drink bubblegum flavored fucking, penicillin or whatever amoxicillin Amoxicillin. every day of my life when i was a kid yeah like i was on amoxicillin more than i wasn't as a child it's one of those like it's up is down black is white everything is turned on its head you know they say they have us believe i there have been times in my life probably where i would have said well no of course you got to regulate antibiotics because I know, I've seen the news, I know that there's problems where people are taking too many and they're not good anymore. So we really need to have that regulated real hard so that so that people don't take too many antibiotics and ruin the ability to have our lives saved by taking antibiotics. But then the reality is, is through that regulation and people not making their own decisions on antibiotics... They're being made for them by people who are being paid by the pharmaceutical companies that to, develop the to antibiotics. To prescribe a lot of them. I mean, you were with me, <laughs> you know, uh, when the, the doctors used to tell me I needed to be on antibiotics all the time. Yeah, and not just Flat any out. of them, like big, big yeah. time when clindamycin. Clindamycin, doxycycline, things like that. And, and they'd say, and that would be a permanent prescription uh and i'd say say, why isn't it bad to take those for that long like uh, i i did it for years before i met you where i I would say i i don't think that's a good idea and they always say always say oh no these ones are fine yeah (laughs) no no no, these ones are fine and then when i was with you you know i started i started doing them a little bit you know here and there and you know, just to, just to try it, just to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried that route. And the answer that they didn't work for my problem was because I wasn't taking them forever because I only took them for six months. Most people take them for like what? Two weeks, four weeks. Well, it's supposed to be. Yeah. You're so your round is like usually 10 days. I would try it out for like six months. Like three, three giant pills a day for six months. And they'd be like, okay, so the side effects you want to look out for is just like completely emptying your bowels and just like having water pour out of your body and like blood in your stool. It can be like what there was some, I can't remember what it was called. There was some like acute diarrhea syndrome there, or something. There, that was that was the that thing was like, with the, with the clindamycin. If they it said, like if, wipes if out it, your whole microbiome. If I was just diarrhea fucking party constantly, <laughs> Then I was supposed to come see the doctor, but yes. any other side effects, don't really worry about it. Probably fine. You'll, you'll, it'll balance out, especially since you're going to be on these forever. I know. And then there's all these other side effects that happen, like overgrowth with, of yeast and like 
like horrible yeast infections people get when they're taking them all the time. And you know, like, you know what's ironic about all this? What? I, I just haven't thought about those antibiotics for a long time. I always, always, always hated that. At least as an adult, I took them as a kid too because I had ear infections and shit like that. But uh, as an adult, they they have me take them. Oh, the the weird thing is, is I bet you anything. It's just it's just a weird ironic thing. I could handle those way better now than I ever did when I took them. Cause I have like, I don't know. I get so many more probiotics oh, and yeah, things yeah. like, I'm not saying I would, I would never ever take them now, but, uh, like I, 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 if I did for some reason, like if I was in a coma and someone started feeding them to me, <laughs> well, if I was in a coma, then I wouldn't be eating as well as I do. Probably. But you know, we know now that we would counteract those, not by a probiotic. If my water was pill. spiked with those antibiotics, I would handle that better than my body yeah. did back then. And if I'm you were so in a much, coma, so much more healthy. Than I most. would spike your water with sauerkraut juice, and then you would be better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If I was I, in a coma, would you still bang me? <laughs> no, that seems like bad. Like, if I if we if we have a contract ahead of time, I think it would be ethical. Are you? Can you get a boner when you're in a coma? I I don't know. Does it matter? <laughs> I'm not, I'll we, hardly be there. God, why do you have to ask me so many questions about my coma? We, we can scissor. It'll be like my college years. <laughs> <laughs> I never went to college. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, well, all the shit's fucked, and I just feel like I yelled at people who don't know me for the last hour. Hey, that's okay, though. I mean, this is this is nice. Like, you know, like we often say on here, we don't get a lot of time to just sit down and talk. This has been going on for like five days yeah. and I'll be damned. We have not actually sat down and talked about no. this. We've talked about it in passing. We've said things here and there. I've talked to your mom. I haven't spoken to your dad. Uh, I've talked to my son, but have I actually sat down and talked to you about this? No, not in so its entirety at all. This so. is, this is kind of cool. It, uh, you know, well inside baseball about uh, family stuff for our listeners and um, more importantly the reason that I think this is actually probably interesting content is because you're hearing us work through this terrible subject and our our thoughts and opinions on hospitals and and family dynamics to a degree and it feels uh you know sad to think that more and more people are gonna have to be thinking about this kind of stuff yeah. And dealing with this, you know, if the hype is true, which I don't like to believe any of it, even our side or whatever, you know, air quotes, mm-hmm. our side. But, um, you know, if there's an increase in heart problems and blood clots and stuff like that, it's, it sucks. And, you know, they said they, that my dad has to be on some kind of medication for the next year that thins his blood like a lot so that they don't, it doesn't get, st- otherwise it'll want to stick to the stint. And I'm like, what if the stuff is already sticking, then why do you give him something that's going to make it stick yeah. worse? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just eat some beef liver and go on a bone broth. Fast. I hate this place. <laughs> Nothing works here. Oh, I don't know. And then, you know, really what I thought the other day, I just remembered we should talk about the movie. Look who's talking. And that should be a podcast. Yeah. I can't. I couldn't. Uh, that movie was. Oh, man. That I, I couldn't look away. <laughs> I, had to, I had to look at who was talking. And, I, and you just kept saying to our kid, hey, look, 
look who's talking. And he's like, I know, Dad, it's the baby. The baby is talking. I'm like, look, look, oh, oh, what? Look, look who's talking. I, I will say of that movie since it came up and let's end this on a lighter note. Yeah, I wanted to. Um, <laughs> every fucking word and action that happened in that movie was utter propaganda to the fucking maximum degree. That was one of the one of the worst movies I've ever ever seen. And I saw I saw it when it was new. I was a kid when it was new. And it's so crazy that that was like I think I would have been 6 when it came out. Yeah. And I watched that movie over and over and over again. Yeah, you were saying that. And so much so that I like remembered a ton of it and I had not seen it since then. Like I never saw that in my teen years or anything. <clears throat> so when I was watching that, I was like remembering what was about to happen. And I'm like, I watched, I was allowed to watch this. This mm-hmm. is like the whole story is that the lady gets knocked up by her boyfriend. Who's a married man. She's like his secretary or accountant or something. Yeah, and he's something. like a rich guy in New York and she's an accountant and she gets knocked up and he says he's going to leave his wife, but then he won't. And then she sees him cheating with this new, like, office designer. and it's creep on creep on creep. Yeah, and then this nice cab driver to that takes her to the hospital. Ends Who's up the only one with any kind of moral code in the whole Kind of being movie. nice to her and liking the baby. But all along, she's leaving the baby home with him to go out on dates to try to find a new dad for the baby. I mean... But, but the, the propaganda levels were, like, were, were, were things like... It, they, they never said or talked about what she was feeding him, but that baby was like bottle fed from day one. But um, the baby also was like, hey, look at the nice rack on that one. You yeah, know, yeah, checking yeah. out boobs. The baby loved boobs. But in a but sexual not, way, not but for milkies. not his mother. No. He didn't was... give a shit about his mother's boobs, but he was really into other boobs. But <laughs> it was not about food. And it was like, I, I don't know, like it was... Uh, I don't know. I, 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 this is a worse subject to me than my dad having a heart attack. I fucking hated that movie. <laughs> but I think that's what's weird is like, I remember like my play with Barbies really uh-huh. revolved around like having a boyfriend that was cheating and had a wife. It was like really dysfunctional when I look back at like Super the way I played with Barbies. And the reason it's I probably thought my, you, you mimicked that. And my dad toys. was probably cheating on my mom in Australia. That thing in my head is literally just because the, I feel like the media at that time was just telling you that's how, what a relationship was. For, for the record, my own personal opinion, knowing your dad pretty well, I don't think you have any Australian brothers. Oh sisters. no, I totally do. I don't think you he's do. told me I have them too. Yeah, because I think he's fucking with you. I can't tell. I also your dad's a lot of things, but he's loyal to his family. Ah, uh, yeah. He he, believe it or not, has a super strong moral code. I I can see it a little bit sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. And it's different now than it was when he was when a young buck, you know, in his thirties. Yeah, I guess I, you know, he might have. Might have might have been different back then. Well, I didn't I didn't know him back in his Aussie days. And I don't want to think about my dad banging a bunch of people. But when I played Barbies and and knew, and thought about my parents' relationship, look who's talking was very much in my psyche. Yeah, yeah. and that is disturbing to me. Now, the whole point of that movie is to tell you that people are scumbags and that babies are a burden. And but, well, and and 
it's it's hard for you and you have to quit your career and it's yep. going to ruin your body yep. and everything about that movie was telling you that babies are bad, families are bad, people are bad, the world is bad. But look who's talking, it's super cute. And look who's talking with Bruce Willis's voice. Yeah, it's fucking Bruce Willis. <laughs> I did not at all remember Bruce oh, Willis. Oh, I knew it was Bruce Willis. I remembered Just that I it was I didn't know who he was when I was I remember that John Travolta and um Kirstie Alley. Alley were the were the people, but that was the like the only thing I remember. And do you remember? And, and, the, and then talking, a baby talked. And look who's talking too. And I remember he has a little sister, well. and it's Roseanne Barr's voice. <laughs> I remember that, but that's I, just like this one. I don't remember anything more about. Yeah, I don't that remember movie. that one as well. I think there might even be a third one where the dogs talk. Look who's talking now. Now is that what it is? I don't know. That just popped in I my think head. It I, is. Didn't, I I couldn't have told you there was a third one, but. Oh, yeah. it's so fucked up. And when, yeah, we watched that on Easter. You just like threw that on, like when we were kind of done winding down for the day and our kid was playing and I was like, I'm glad he's not watching this with us. I thought that the eight year old would just, you know, think that was cool. Cause we have like a baby now. And I was like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a movie where you get to hear the inner thoughts of the baby. Yeah. Neat. Maybe he'll think that's cool. Cause he has a little brother that he can look at and think about what his inner thoughts are like. I did not know what I was putting on. And do you remember the opening scene, everyone, is um, the... Bunch of shit-talking sperm. Sperm, like, going through the canal, like, get out of my way, I'm going to get there first. first. (laughs) And then when the sperm actually enters the egg, it makes very sexual sounds. Oh, yeah. It was, like, moaning. (laughs) weird. It was the weirdest, (laughs) I guess, I mean, sex scene. It was the sperm. But it was like a gangbang because it's like all these sperm <laughs> trying to fucking only hit this one egg. Can get but only one gets in. But they're in. all bu- bumping against it. And then this light happens. You know, I've actually heard that there is a light that happens when a sperm enters an egg. Yeah. And I go, cool. How the fuck did they <laughs> know that? Was know. there a camera in there? Like, I that, had a bunch of questions. That, no that, that even possibly, that's like a 50-50 in my head on if that's propaganda. Because, like, I mean, if it is, it works. Because in when I was a kid, I'm sure I thought that that was real. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's I did. Like, like, that they got a camera in there. and But, you know, now I go, well, is it just CGI? Well, it's a little early for CGI. That movie is yeah, from the 80s. Yeah, I don't 80s. know. Was that a camera in there? I'm not sure. Uh I don't think it was. Yeah, I, I don't Whatever I don't the fuck know. that was. Huh, maybe I should... Uh, I want to look into it. I want to research that just Have, a hair Can they now. put a camera in the birth canal and watch the, the semen swimming? Because I, I don't think that they... I don't, I don't, think, think, they I don't think we can photograph we, that shit. We, but we also say we can photograph the globe, and we know about right. that. So do we say... we also say, say we can photograph a fucking virus. I mean, haven't can, you seen the picture of the coronavirus? It's right? everywhere. And I've also seen the picture of the inside of my, dad va- in my dad's vein. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I don't know. Can we? Like, uh, it's very complicated. I don't... Uh, I'm not proud of myself for, for jumping off... <laughs> the look who's talking thing i thought we were gonna end it on a good note <laughs> yeah it's just like that movie is just horrible propaganda for the like... truth is that movie fucking pissed me off <laughs> I, I i did not like it no so you know if you're gonna go watch that again with a critical eye and you know go for it. it's like on hulu or something right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know wherever it was oh god we did not pay for it no we did not it's garbage i had it i had it on vhs just so you know so oh Wow. Yeah, that's, that's how many times I watched it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I really remember that friend that she has. They're in like shopping for new clothes mm -hmm. and she tries on a dress without going into the changing room mm -hmm. and she puts it on over her clothes mm -hmm. and then takes her clothes off under the yeah. dress. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah, I remember that super well from when I was a kid. Yeah. I don't know why. It's like one of those things where you're just like, maybe I was trying to figure out what was going on or uh -huh. whatever. Uh -huh. Like really stuck with me forever. Like I remembered that part and then I was like, is she going to really, that's from this? And, <laughs> and wasn't furthermore, she's trying it on for Christy Alley. She's like, try it on. Cause it'll look cute on you. I, I wanted it, but now uh, I'm fat. Cause but I'm pregnant. Yeah, Cause I'm pregnant. So can you try this on so I can decide whether or not I want this when I'm not fucking all ugly and pregnant anymore. And it was so many things in that movie. I, without even realizing it, were just like in my mental psyche about being pregnant. I'm like, you're going to be mean. You're going to be mean during childbirth. You're going to be fat. You're going to eat ice cream in the morning. Mm -hmm. you're, you know, everything that you're whining about, everything. It's like, that's not, I like being pregnant. Mm -hmm. Like, you feel really good. Like, you're tired for a while when you grow the placenta. But, like, second and third trimesters, I don't know, your body's cool. It's doing cool stuff. You can feel the baby moving. Like, um, I have a new motivation to take better care of myself than I ever do. People are nicer to you, you know, like you mm -hmm. cut in line and stuff. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's it's a beautiful, amazing thing. And there's so many things out there that tell you otherwise. Like, you know, we always joke the Cosby show, right? Would yeah. tell you that you ladies are angry at their husbands for putting that in them <laughs> when they're giving birth. Yeah. But that movie for me was really set the tone for what I thought pregnancy was like when I was a kid. Well, that was incorrect. It was. It is, uh, it's actually a beautiful thing. It is. And I think we should end right there where we got <laughs> pregnancy is a beautiful thing. <laughs> Birthing a baby is a beautiful thing. It was amazing. And, uh, a loving, good relationship is a good thing. And it's possible this to is, have. We're just ending this on literally the opposite note of everything that was said in the movie. Look who's talking to. <laughs> Look who's talking. Whatever it's it was Just called. the first one. And probably second one too. And the third. And the third one, though, dogs, they're cool. Is it really I fucking dogs? That. I'm pretty sure it's a dog and a cat. They're like, oh, let's make it in the homeward bound scene and just like, <laughs> mush these two together. Look uh -huh. who's homeward bound. <laughs> Look who, who's homebound. And it's just like a retirement home. It's like sad, catatonic elderly people that other people do the voices for. Uh, oh, God. All right. Well. <laughs> thanks this one has been much more personal than i think maybe any of our previous episodes yeah that's probably true i've kind of forgotten that i was uh doing a podcast for part of the time and i'm just looking and talking to you yeah. so let's find out if i'm gonna release this or not <laughs> it's it's gonna be fall on me to put it out so we'll find out i'm just glad we're not talking about my family <laughs> yeah. my family fucking sucks <laughs> Oh man, it's so hard right now. And I think that's why it's like, there's been so much focus with us to, to try to build something different with our relationship and with our relationship with our kids Yeah. so that, that we can just kick that out. We're not, we're not asleep. We're not going to lie to ourselves and to our kids. We're not going to withhold affection from them. It, it's just, it's going to be different. And, uh, yeah, it's a good thing. Well, with that, <laughs> this has been the world. You're supposed to, you're supposed to say the next word. I assume it's your sentence. Wait, let's the, do it. This has Wait, been. Let's do the way. This <laughs> has been <laughs> the, the 
world as it is today. That was so stupid. I'll get it in post. Yeah, we should probably just cut all this. I'm just gonna like um like fade out and bring up the music. There you go. Some point. That's that makes way better sense than (laughs) any of this last shit. Yeah, it's been a hard few days, but we have some cool stuff coming up that we're looking forward to, and some more cool people that are gonna be on the show with us, and things are starting to grow outside. Yeah, yeah, the homestead is doing awesome. So there's lots to talk about for next time. Yeah. Won't be so weird. All right. Thanks, everybody. Peace.